Hi, and welcome to episode seven of the you Talk Wheelson podcast. I just want to start off today's episode with a couple of notes. The first being, I want to thank the people we interviewed and Ferris, today's co-host. It was super cold outside and all three of those people stuck around and it means the world for them to do so. Now, only two people were interviewed, but the quality of the interviews were really nice. I'm happy how they turned out. And again, it's thanks to the people we interviewed and also Ferris for just powering through the entire process. Now, another thing I want to do is also thank WXOU. Obviously, I'm in collaboration with them and they're a phenomenal org to work with. If you have any idea of starting a podcast, reach out to them, do it. They're super supportive. And then lastly, I also want to shout out the GMO show. There's a reason as to why, but high quality content, the guys going phenomenal places. Give it a listen. Obviously, listen to this first, but go to his show. Listen to his stuff. It's great. But with that, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Inspiration. We find it everywhere. Hello. My name's Kyle. I'm the host of the Talk Wheels and Podcast. And today I'm joined by co-host... Ferris Maju. Back for a third time. Third time, yeah. The GOAT. Absolutely. And Ferris, what are we talking about today? Well, we're asking all of our fellow patrons today, who has inspired and affected your life the most? And first of all, we already got a guest sitting right here. Would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Giovanni Mosheri. I'm the sports media director at Oakland's radio station, WXOU, and very happy to be here. The infamous. The infamous. And who has affected slash inspired your life the most? So there's a lot of different ways I can take this. Obviously, my father and my parents that goes without saying absolutely they they shaped all you know everything about me Mm -hmm. but to kind of go beyond that a little bit more recently so i've been trying to get into the sports broadcasting scene here at at oakland it's not really known for the most sports uh, atmosphere culture it's it's just not a big part of campus but from doing radio and from you know trying to trying to build this for myself i would say um, Neil Rule, he does all of the TV broadcasts for the Golden Grizzlies. He's a WXLU alum. Oh, and, does he not? Yeah, and I've talked to him a bunch. He's helped me out, giving me a bunch of tips of like what the business is like, mm-hmm. and just to kind of see like at the same studio, at the same place, you could get to that level. He does all kinds of different stuff: DCFC, Woodward Sports. He's everywhere. So to to see that path. It's like, okay, this is realistic. This has yeah, happened before. I see it happening for you. And too. I could do it again. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one aspect that I would say is inspiring. But another twist on it, I would, be, I would say uh, the. So if you guys ever been to a basketball game, you know the PA announcer, big, loud, yeah, happy yeah. voice. Kevin Beers is his name. I, I find him to be a huge inspiration just because even beyond what he does at the arena for fan experience to get everyone in and you know have a good time he's the nicest guy in the world really <laughs> he's got the biggest heart uh, a heart as big as his voice That's so funny i would say he everyone is his best friend everyone is a long lost friend that they just saw and you know he has that attitude and can make anybody happy and give everybody that kind of good spirit so i I do what I can to try to keep that spirit in what I do now. So that, that's a huge inspiration for me as well. Yeah. Now, do you see a future after you graduate in broadcasting? Oh, yeah. Announcing? yeah. Okay. I oh, can yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's something, it, it's a fire that does not dwindle. It's a fire that keeps burning for me. And you can tell I'm trying to put it a little more dramatically. But yeah. it's something, I just, I like doing it. I'm always thinking about it. And it's something that I can truly put 100% into. Not because I have to, but because I want to and love to do it. And like I mentioned before, I mean, there's people who have done it. Yeah. There's people who are, you know, from WXOU that do all the ESPN broadcasts, that are at 97.1, that are at Woodward Sports. 
WXLU is around somewhere, so I, there's a path for me, and I think I can, I think I can break it and break into that. It's the idea that someone's already been in that path, and and you can do that as well. That it's great for you. Definitely, it's it's to see that. I mean, the the bridge is built. It's something you know. It might not be the the most sturdy or the most <laughs> established, but it, it's it's there and it's possible. So that makes the dream a lot more um, palpable, a lot stronger because yeah. it's real. Yeah. So, uh, if, if you don't mind me asking, how many years have you been on WXOU at this point? So feel like you've been on it for a while now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I started October of fall. Uh, so let's say October of twenty one. So that was my sophomore right. year. Radio was on my bucket list because my cousin used to do it, yeah. and he told me about it. And I started my show, the Jomo show, mm -hmm. um, just kind of as a weird variety show. I, I don't know yeah. what to do with it. I just wanted to practice being on air. And at this point, I didn't, I didn't want to be a broadcaster. That wasn't in the cards, but I knew it would be fun. Slowly but surely, it kept getting into sports, Detroit Lions, Detroit sports. And then we started calling live games this past fall, 22. Then I'm like, okay, this sports broadcasting thing is really cool. And now it, the, the show is mostly like Oakland sports. So, it, right. so we'll say two and a half years at WXOU, and then that's, that's where the dream started. Nice. And here's a question. Let's, let's yeah. draw it back a little bit. Sure. Did you always know you wanted to go into broadcasting since you were little or in high school, or did this kind of just happen? This, it's kind of both. Like, on a grand scale, it, ju it just kind of happened mm -hmm. from doing all the broadcasting uh, of the games last year. But throughout my life, there's been little sprinkles. There's been a trail of me being like the extrovert, the announcing type. Right. I, I did a morning announcements in high school a little bit. I was the kid who you would want in a, a presentation project. You know, nice. I, was, I was always good at that stuff. People, the extrovert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the whole extrovert thing. And uh, people would tell me like, oh, you should, you should host a game show one of these days. And so little bits here and there growing up, but I never thought it would be um, like as, as strong and like as possible as, as it is now. So it's just kind of both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just another thing. So as somebody who's in WXOU, other than like being like very outgoing and extroverted, is yeah. there anything else that you think someone should be like should have if they want to go into this sort of industry? They have to love it and they, they have, have to, to it. It, yeah, it has to be about and it's a cliche, but I always say cliches are there for a reason. For a reason, mm -hmm. yeah. You have to love the process, not the result. You have to enjoy doing it no matter what happens. Yeah. Because it's sometimes the broadcast is gonna not work. Sometimes it's not gonna record. Sometimes you're gonna, you're, I mean, many times you're gonna mess up. So if you're gonna do it, at least at, at my level, to you know, yeah. make it a career and all that, you have to love it above, you know, re regardless, I would say. Mm -hmm. It has to, have, has to have that unending fire. But in terms of like, if everyone wants to do a show at WXOU, anyone can do it. It's not, right. you know, it's open to everybody. And you just have, I mean, at the basic, you have to want to do it. It has to be fun to you and, you know, it, it's it's as big a deal as you want it to be. So if you want to make a show, then you know it, that that's another option. And he wants me to make a show now. I think I'm inspired to make a show. <laughs> Any, anyone, if you anyone want, can do it. if you want to badly enough, you can do it. Love that. No, I know you mentioned a couple like announcers that are more in the local community. Yeah. Any like big announcers that inspire you? Mm. Yes, I listen to Rich Eisen a lot, and it's not necessarily of his like his career path or whatever, but. I watch his show all the time. He, to me, is the, the model professional mm -hmm. for announcing. Not only like he does, he does a few uh, football games, like play-by-play -play here and there, but he mostly hosts his own show. And the way he enunciates and paces himself and all that stuff, I try to model myself uh, after that a little bit, just because like that's like that's like top tier. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say Rich Eisen is one of my bigger professional inspirations. Mm -hmm. Okay.
Anything else that you want to discuss about who's inspired and affected your life the most? I got you know, one more stab at it. I gotta get. I gotta give it to my uh, non Noel, my non -noel. my grandfather. He is kind of a combination of all the people that I mentioned before yeah. in terms of like who like how they ins he inspires me because he has that big heart. He yeah. had you know everybody is a friend to him and family comes above all things. That comes with being Italian, of course. But he of course. especially is just always so friendly. He's not afraid to get up on stage and talk. Nice. That's another huge thing. I think I got that from him, but For sure. the way he, <laughs> family is above all and you know, to bring people together is what he loves to do the most. And that's, yeah. uh, that's what I try to embody and carry on. Yeah. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. We all look up yeah. to our, our olders. <clears throat> Absolutely. Shoulders that are boulders. Shoulders that are boulders. There you go, boulder <laughs> shoulders. There you go. But right. well, that's it. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate Thank you. it. Yeah. Would you mind uh, introducing yourself? Yeah. Hi, my name is Marco. I'm a sophomore now at Oakland University, majoring in uh, biomedical sciences. Second time back on the podcast. Nice to see yes, you again, incredible. man. Really Thank great you. to see you again. So, you. you know, answer the question, who has inspired and affected your life the most? So first off, I'm going to give the obvious answer, and then I'm going to give something uh, that most people maybe wouldn't say. Not to say that I take them for granted, but I think um, I'm fortunate enough to have good parents, inspired education in me. They came from... Uh, you know, post-socialist uh, Yugoslavia to give wow. me a good education. You know, they didn't have much, and they come to this country without anything in their pockets. So now maybe I, if I put in enough hard work, I can become a doctor. I love them for that. Mm. They've inspired me to be strong. They've inspired me to be smart, mm. to be myself, and I, I love them dearly. Good for you. Yes, thank yeah. you. I'm very fortunate for them. But... Mia as a person, for my personality, my, I don't know, that's different. I'm going to try and refrain from using this person's name. She doesn't go here, but I wouldn't like to say it just because it would be embarrassing. Mm -hmm. It was the first girl I ever truly liked. Because mm. ever since, you know, I liked girls starting in kindergarten. Like, I had crushes, haha, whatever. Mm -hmm. But this girl, I met her in the 10th grade. And, I don't know, she, I met her in my English class. It was funny because we both didn't do the summer homework and we were talking about that. Great way to bond. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we were both uh, panicking over it. Flopping. Okay. Exactly. <clears throat> and then um, she was in my German class. Um, we started talking. And it was 10th grade. We date, quote unquote, for two months. It just doesn't work because, like, you know. 10th grade. 10th grade, right. Yeah. You kind of maybe like each other and then you realize, I don't know what I'm doing. And then, right. like, she was busy with dance and, like, I was kind of just immature as a person sure and we break up <laughs> and i'm like okay that's whatever 11th grade comes 11th grade comes and it's health science class and i see her across the room or actually as soon as i walk in i see her and you know i didn't want to sit next to her it didn't it didn't end on like horrible terms but it was awkward so i just gave a wave and i mm -hmm. sit down and she stands i sit by myself in the corner because i'm edgy and she stands, <laughs> she stands up, Aren't and she all. sits right next to me. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like, oh, dude, yeah, you like no, just like that's nice. That's yeah, a nice yeah, gesture. Yeah. I'm like, maybe we can be friends. Mm -hmm. So this girl and I, I made her piss herself every day in class just because I made her laugh a lot. Mm -hmm. We got along. Uh, w res. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, but besides all of the um, basic stuff like the laughing and how's your day. I think she was the first complex human friend I've had. Because, right. like, uh, you know, I always cared about education and, like, morals and being a 
good student and all that, whatever, because mm-hmm. my parents put it in me. But all of my friends, now they're mature, fine adults, whatever. I don't see them as much, but I still love them. Mm-hmm. But back then, we had different priorities. And I think, right. you know, when I talked about certain things, they didn't understand, like, you know, they liked to get into trouble. That wasn't me. They, You know, stuff like that. They were... They are now fine, but back then they were immature and maybe mm-hmm. not who I should have been hanging out with then. Right. And I say this girl was the first uh, complex human friend I've had because she, you know, she made me think for the first time. Like, whereas, you know, there's different kinds of friends. Mm-hmm. The first, I think Socrates said this, the first level is like just like lowest level friends of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like hanging out with this person because they make me laugh or we do dumb things together, or, you know. Uh, we talk about uh, our favorite shows together. That was me and my old friends. Second level, do you know where I'm going with this? No. Somewhat. somewhat. <laughs> Second level is friendship of you both have a like a maybe a professional or like like your business partners or you study together or you're uh, you go to the gym together and you work out together. Something like that. Mutual interests. Yeah. Exa- mutual interests. Thank you. The third highest level of friendship is just genuinely being friends with each other, mm-hmm. helping each other grow, loving each other. I think that was the first time I've ever had a close friendship like that. Mm-hmm. And so she tells me, Marco, why do you hang out with these guys? Because I see, and everyone used to tell me this, but she was the, the, first, uh, the first person. Sorry, I'm like so cold and chittering. You're good, you're good. It is freezing today, boys and girls, <laughs> and everyone else. Um, that's how much we love the show. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she's the first person to sit me down and say, Marco, listen, you care about school. Yeah. You don't get in trouble. You're an okay guy, but these friends that you hang out with, I mean, they cause a, they cause a ruckus. They kind of, I wouldn't say they bullied me, but like, you know, they teased me. They di- uh, did stupid stuff with me just to bother me, to get a reaction out of me. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would think it would be mature to just take it when it really I should have left, but I right. didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. So she poses this question. She's like, Marco, why don't you hang out with better people? I'm like, I thought about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. You know, these guys were my friends for years. I can't just leave them, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I should have, I could have. She's like, oh, well, she never really flat out told me. Maybe she strongly hinted that she's like, basically, I don't like that you hang out with these people. And, you know, who is she to tell me that? But, And then she made me think about what I wanted to do with my life. Because I always got, I always did very well in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much now because we're in college. But for, <laughs> oh, for high point. school, yeah, for high school levels, you know, I did, I did fine. She's like, Marco, what do you want to do with your life? I'm like, I want to be a physical therapist. First thing. She told me, she asked, I mean, the first thing I said when she asked me that, just instantly like a robotic reply, I want to be a physical therapy. She's like, why? Like, well, it makes good money. And, you know, I kind of like medicine. And she's like, okay, but like, seriously, why? And, you know, I think about it. I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I seriously never pondered about my future. She's like, what college do you want to go to? You know, like, what aspirations do you have? She's like, she gave me a good example. She's like, Marco, there's some teachers in this school that have lived here their whole lives and taught the, here their whole lives and have never experienced anything else. Do you want to live like that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. So for the first time, I really had to think about these things. And it was just a very good friendship. She acted like a catalyst for you, is what you're exactly. saying. Are you still <coughs> friends with her? No. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> no. I'll get to that. Cool. And um, so 11th grade, and, you know, she was a very interesting girl. She was also very beautiful. And 11th grade happens. And t- in 10th grade, basically, it was nothing, probably nothing from what you're thinking. Nothing extremely terrible. I was just immature. And in my mind, I'm like, I started to like her again in 11th grade. Yeah. I'm like, shit. 
Um, can I swear in the show? Mine? Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, okay. Balls. I'm kidding. So, so that's gonna stay in the edit, by the way. Nice. So um, I'm like, well, I like this girl again, but you know, I was pretty immature back then. She told me how I was kind of like a d bag, and you know what? I don't really deserve to say, hey, what's your name? I like you again. Let's start something. Mm-hmm. To this day, I don't know if she did like me or did not like me again in eleventh grade. I think so. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that. I'm like, whatever. You know, I'm gonna try and distance myself from her. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want to say, it's corny, but like, if I want to say, oh, you look pretty today, you look this today, I would joke on her. I would pick, in, so immature for me to say now, mm-hmm. but I would pick at her insecurity. She was pale, beautiful girl, but she was pale. So what? Mm-hmm. And I would say, oh, I don't know, didn't get any, any sun today, just stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say too many of her features, so it's not obvious, but stuff like that. I would distance myself from her mm-hmm. and this bothered her. And I knew this. But I'm like, in my mind, oh, I'm just joking. Just joking around. That's Mm -hmm. me being immature. And then she tells me, Marco, these things you say, they're kind of, you know, they hurt me. They're offensive. And I'm like, I'm just joking with you. It's only a joke. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. That was me being a Mm D-bag. You know, a joke is supposed to make both people feel good, even if it's a a jab at someone. That's Mm -hmm. just rude. You know? And it gets to the point where it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. You know? Because it's really screwed up to say, but like, I want to say so many good things, so it's like I felt like I had to say so much just like D-baggy weird things to her instead. Like balance it out. Yeah, you know, just like, I'll do another example, very immature. She was German descent, Mm -hmm. and like I would always make, not like always, but like she had like, one day, for example, she had like big boots on. I'm like, oh, those are some like, this is not funny. I'm saying this is me, yeah. immature high, mm-hmm. high schooler. I'm like, oh, you're wearing your Nazi combat boots. Aha. Yeah. She's like, Marco, that's not funny. I'm like, it's only a joke. It gets worse and worse and worse up until a point when she's like, listen, Marco, like, I made a very, one day I made like a very rude comment about her. And she's like, listen, these things you say, I understand you say they're jokes, but they're not funny. Me, growing up with all my friends that I've grown up with, this is how we talk to each other. And that wasn't really right, mm-hmm. you know? We had a buddy that was very short. We always called him very short. This made him insecure. We had a buddy that was overweight. We always called him, hey, fat, so fat, 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 fat. That's Mm -hmm. not right. I mean, to a degree, you're friends, sure, but, like, we overdid it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I grew up around. And for the first time, she's telling me how to, like, talk to a person. I wasn't familiar with that. So, anyway, I'll quit blabbering. It gets to the point where she basically says, Marco, I don't want to be around you anymore. You're kind of a jerk. You know, despite the fact that we hang out, we laugh, we're in the same class, whatever. I don't like this. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, man, this girl's crazy. She's sensitive. And then something really stuck with me, you know. Uh, She said, I always deserved better friends. And then it got to the point where she didn't, she stopped talking to me. And I'm like, man. And this continued into into the 12th grade, you know. We, like... She stopped talking to me, I would say, like, kind of, kind of like, beginning of 12th grade. And I'm like, okay, so there's this girl. Whether I liked her or not, she was a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And because I was a jerk, now she cut herself off completely from me. And the one thing she told me was, Marco, get better friends. Mm-hmm. And now I realized, wow, I'm, like, my friends that started to bug me. And in senior year, it got very bad with my friends. And, like, you know, I think I have to take her advice. And so I ditched my friend group that I was so close with for years. Sorry, five, like five or six years. And it hurt a lot. Yeah. It was extremely lonely, very sad. But 
and it was the worst year of my life. I mean, I had no friends in senior year of high school. It's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. But I think that was the biggest change for me because then I really focused on school. Mm-hmm. I figured out I wanted to go to pre-med. I started hanging out with other people that were actually kind and like yeah. I could joke with them but they were actually nice smart people mm-hmm. they wouldn't cause a ruckus in public and uh, you know we're not friends anymore but I think that's what's so I think she did the right thing because I think if she just like I don't know if she didn't do what she did if she stayed my friend I wouldn't have grown as a person mm-hmm. and um, I'm very thankful for her mm-hmm. and she's not she's a great person I don't think she's she has her own flaws. I'm not putting her on a pedestal. She's not perfect. But I'm very extremely thankful for her because I think she really, meeting her, pushed me to be be a better person, think about what I want to do with my life. Yeah. It was that you had such a great person in your life and she'd left and that forced you to want to be better. Is, is that how yeah. I'm hearing? Yeah, like when I say this, don't get me wrong, I'm way over her. It's been years, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I I would think if I ever got into a relationship again, or like a serious relationship this time, you know, I think it would it would want I would I would want it to be with a person like her, mm-hmm. and you know those people don't come around too often, right. you know, mm-hmm. like she told me, I wrote her a letter on seeing on like towards the end of graduation just because like I'm kind of like what I said how I'm thankful her for mm-hmm. and the blah blah blah. And uh, we never hung out after, but she, she texts me. She goes, thanks for the letter. And she goes, um, just know that no one's ever made me laugh harder than you. And that made me think, like, how many of those people am I going to see again in my life? Mm-hmm. Those special people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's great, man. Definitely puts into perspective how useful and how beneficial friends can be. Truly. Because, like, most people, I feel like, especially in high school, they don't realize that, like, I mean, I, I don't know. My family specifically, they always told me, like, you know, your family is your family. Th- those are the people that are really going to be the ones that count on you. But I really tried giving friends a chance in high school. And I would say that, like, the few friends that I still remain in contact with in high school, like, they truly are people who, like, care about me. And, like, it definitely puts into perspective, like, these are people that they're not here, you know, to do any favors. They're here to, like, just be good people. And those people don't come around too no, often, they don't. Man. They really don't. They don't. Yeah. Like, now I have, like, I have many friends. I have, like three or four mm-hmm. that are close and I have maybe one or two that I would talk to if something was like seriously wrong in my life I'd, I would I, I actually like that dynamic way more than having a lot of friends yeah I, mean, I think most people agree with that I, I would I mean there's like celebrities that feel lonely yeah. and they know like a thousand, a thousand people million trillion people exactly yeah. I think especially because like there's a lot of times where you don't know if you can go to certain people with certain problems because you don't know if they're going to react to certain, if, how, how they're going to react and if they're going to react a certain way but, like, I feel like those three or four, you can always have a good idea of how they're going to approach the problem. Definitely I, a, a good way of having friends. Yeah. I think the best kind of friend is the kind that's, like, wants the best for you but isn't judgmental. Yeah. I have a good friend, and, like, I can tell her something, like, she's seen, my, she's seen me at my worst. She knows all of my flaws, but she doesn't judge me as a person, I right. think. You know, like, I can tell her, hey, like, this happened or I did this, and she's, like, she the worst she'll say is like that's not you mm-hmm. I'm like I know yeah she's not like she doesn't judge me I think that's the best kind of friend to have yeah mm-hmm. you're like don't give me that bullshit you know exactly <laughs> exactly I like that that's good now this this might be a tough question but if you were to ever see her again yeah what would you say 
if you would say anything at all. So I would just want to say, okay, I didn't mention this. The last time I saw her, it was kind of awkward. Maybe I caught her at a bad time. I was at work. Really funny story. I was at work. I work in a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And um, she's looking in the vitamins. She picks up some vitamins. And I'm like, oh, that's so-and-so. I'm like, I'll be right there, ma'am. Like, as a joke, you know, mm-hmm. that's what you say to older people, ma'am. She looks. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and we kind of look at each other, and she just leaves. Oh. <laughs> so if I, ever, if I ever ran into her again, I would just kind of want to say, you know, hopefully it's been years, a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, I would just want to say, like, I mean, I, just like how much she kind of steered my life in the right direction. Had I not met her, I probably would not have. I would have kept hanging out with my old friends. They would have steered me in a bad direction, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm thankful to have met you. A good, a good way to say that. Just yeah. short and sweet short and, and the sweet. truth. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I was just going to say, um, I, think she, I think I should maybe never talk. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Like, at least for right now, like, I am thankful that she did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to phrase it. Not that I don't deserve to talk to her, but, like, I, I, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. The, there is consequences to actions, you know, and I think that she kind of taught me that. Mm-hmm. Good message. Wow. Great Phenomenal. message. I mean, any other people that you want to shout out that inspired you, affected you, or... Other than your family, of course, uh, other, which, yeah, we, which yeah. we already brought up. <laughs> uh... Not really. Not really. Marco, you've been a great, great person to be on this podcast. We really appreciate your story. Thank you, sir. Thank you Thank so you. much. Take care, right. man. Take care.